going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ready Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Matt Hernandez. I'm my co-host, Matt Llewellyn. Matt, tough, tough loss. Very tough loss. Uh, 30-23 to 23 in Seattle. 49ers failed to get it done. What were your initial reactions to this game? Sloppy game, man. Sloppy game. You can't have it. Um, they came out and they played down to their opponent. Seattle was ripe for the picking. It looked like even early on, the 49ers jumped out to a lead despite an early Garoppolo mistake. But they just they just let it go, man. Um, they continued to shoot themselves in the foot. Penalties, turnovers. They lost the time of possession. Those are things that you can't do if you're going to be a contending football team. It's just not acceptable. Yep, I, I totally agree. Also, I was a little shocked how much they passed. Um, I know Debo was out on the offense. Maybe they felt they couldn't get the running game going without him. But Elijah Mitchell is still really good, and they put the game, essentially it felt like in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, and Jimmy Garoppolo just isn't that guy. I know he only threw 30 times, but there was a certain point where the game where I'm just like, okay, why are we getting away from the run so much? Um, And he had some just atrocious turnovers. The two interceptions he had were some of the worst I think I've ever seen him throw personally. Uh, The one to Bobby Wagner. Particularly the one to Wagner was terrible. He didn't move. Wagner stayed in the same spot the whole time, and Kittle, excuse me, Garoppolo threw it right to him. Um, yeah, and it was yeah. telling in the press conference where Shanahan's like, "No, that's a second window throw," and Jimmy threw it at the first window, and Bobby was just sitting there. Yeah. Um, the second throw wasn't much better. George Kittle was tightly covered. Jimmy tried to drop it in over the top, and of course, overthrew it, and it was an easy pick. Um, just all the way around, just just bad news for for the 49ers. They did not play well today. Um, I mean, the defense did pretty well, all things considered, with how many people they had missing, with Emmanuel Mosley leaving the game. A lot of adversity they had to overcome. They forced three turnovers um, and some really timely ones, particularly in the fourth quarter down at the goal line. You know, Nick Bosa, another sack today. Um, It just, you know, I mean, they, they were playing defensive football big time. And... You just when you make that many mistakes, you can't there's it's hard to overcome. I've talked about it the whole time throughout this whole, you know, kind of resurgence of the team. It's like if you win the turnover battle and win the time of possession, doesn't matter if you're not as efficient on third down as we've seen. You know, they were three of 10 today, but it's not like five of 12 last week was much better. But they won the turnover battle in time of possession. Seattle came out and did what every team should do if they want to stop this 49ers team. And that's stack the box, force Jimmy to beat you, take away what he likes over the middle and force him to throw outside. And, you know, it's one of those things where you look at the raw numbers for Jimmy Garoppolo and it doesn't look bad. And this is what people like David Lombardi are going to go on Twitter and say, well, Jimmy played well. Like, you know, yeah, the two picks were bad. But other than that, but you look and it's like, you know, he missed wide receivers again open. That could have been for touchdowns. Um, he overthrows the ball. His ball placement is not the best. So you're looking at it and it's just like when you're not able to run the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be able to win a shootout for you. And I think it's pretty obvious. Um, you know, you score all your points, all 23 of your points in the first half. You do absolutely nothing in the second half. It's just unacceptable. Um, the, the, the Travis Benjamin fumble definitely hurt for sure. Yeah. I don't know that he 
I mean, you might want to cut that guy. It's unfortunate because I know that Trent Cannon took that knee to the face earlier in the game. And, you know, he got transported to the hospital by all accounts. He's doing really well. And, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. It's a tough position for Travis Benjamin to be put in because obviously, you know, you're kind of just hoping you don't have to use him. That cannon is your guy to return. That fumble was super costly. All the turnovers were bad. I see a lot on Twitter where 49er fans are blaming the officials, but to me, the officials should be the last resort of what you're trying to to blame. Um, the players did not get it done, plain and simple. Yep, exactly. Um, real quick to make both a forced fumble and that sack, that forced fumble that knocked the Seattle Seahawks out of field yep. goal range. It was like a 20-yard <laughs> loss. That was huge. If they would have been able to Very ultimately – overcome that that would have been yeah that gave him a third and 32 i think at the time yeah and then they got a false start on top of that yep um the missed extra point but robbie gold special teams was the worst facet of the game for the 49ers you give up the fake punt the defense comes out strong you get a three and out what you think is a three and out to start the game and then right on fourth down 75 yard touchdown fake punt um the touchdown or excuse me the fumble that you talked about with Travis Benjamin, the missed extra point. These things add up. And on top of all of that, the 49ers had like six drives that began inside their own 10-yard line. The whole second half, they lost the uh, field position battle really badly. So these things totally add up. Yeah, Eric says, uh, Norman was such trash out there and trying to showboat. There was a play, Matt. I don't know if you saw it, but DK totally beats Josh Norman on along the sideline in the end zone, wide open in the end zone, probably about two, three-yard separation. And Rush just kind of threw it a little bit out of bounds. DK still caught it, I believe, but it was out of bounds. And Norman gets up and goes the whole incomplete lock. It's like, dude, you have been yeah. a liability since you got here. Stop yeah. it. Just stop it. You're down. Yeah, he, he forces fumbles, but he gives up He gives up plays. Like, he gave up a touchdown today to Tyler Lockett. Yep. Where, I mean, it was a great pass from Russ. He dropped that in the bucket. But at the same time, it's just, you know, you can't have that kind of stuff. And I agree with you. Special teams has been a disaster. It's been a disaster for this team for years. And it, you know, I mean, we had talked about ahead of the season, how man, whoever they get back there has to be better than Dante Pettis. Apparently not because they still are doing nothing in terms of returning kicks and punts. Just very, very, very poor special teams play. And I wouldn't be surprised if the special teams coordinator gets the ax in the off season because it's just not cutting it at this point. They got to do no. something. No. Um, yeah. So you, I forget who shared the comment earlier. Maybe it was Fernando talking about uh, n- couldn't score in the second half. That it didn't even click to me that the 49ers did not score at all in the second half. Uh, they went into halftime, which also really upset me. They were 23 14 right after they get that fantastic touchdown drive. Um, if I remember correctly, it was the George Kittle sideline throw that he tiptoed in for like 48 yards. And mm-hmm. then it's a minute and 45 seconds left, essentially. Robbie Gold missed the extra point, And the 49ers defense lets Seattle march right down the field and get a touchdown. And instead the of going the into passers half, really hurt. The rough that, the passers really yeah, hurt. That was tough. That was really tough. And, and I mean, people were, were complaining about it, but that was a good call. Like you can't you can't hit him in the helmet and then fall on no. him. Like that's just not you can't do that. The first one, I totally agree with. The second one, I thought they could have gotten away with not calling, but I understand they're probably going to call that more often than they don't. Yeah. Especially um, with a superstar like Russ. You're going to get that ex- superstar call. Exactly. So instead of going into halftime up nine, you go in down or up two. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And then to come out to start the second half, you fumble. And yeah. it's just. Fortunately, they didn't swing. do anything with the fumble. 
No, right? yeah. Uh, K1 got then, the interception. Right, but then Jimmy Garoppolo gives up a, a safety. Yeah. So it's like they held him to two points, if you want to think about it that way. And I saw so many people be like, that was a horse collar. It was like, no, it wasn't. No, nah. he got him by the jersey. It was clean. Front of the clean. jersey, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just a b- bad play. And I know somebody in here, I think it was Fernando, said that Jimmy played well. He didn't play well. No, he did not. Yeah, not no, well, well. Not even by Jimmy's standards. No. no. He was still overthrowing people. He had the two picks. He had that he got sacked for safety. In no and I mean in today's NFL, throwing 66% completions and two touchdowns is not playing well if you're also throwing multiple picks and getting sacked for safeties. That's just not the way that it is. I mean, with the league so geared towards passing, any, you know, I I think league average completion percentage is like 64%. It's just not good enough, man. (laughs) It's not. Um, I saw Hunk Fatten here. Should Jimmy be benched? He won't, (laughs) but if you were the head coach right now, Matt, would you make a switch after a game like today? I mean, I would have I would have benched Jimmy a long time ago. I know you I know you would have, but say but for whatever because it's hard because it's just like okay. I mean, I would have benched him a long time ago, so we obviously know I'm going to say yes. But in terms of what Kyle's going to do, no, he's not going to bench him. No, they're going he's- to Cincinnati. And, you know, who knows if Joe Burrow's going to play? His pinky was the size of a zeppelin today, and like an um, L. Joe Mixon went down, so who knows if he's going to be back. So this is like a vulnerable team. I'm sure he's going to look at it and be like, oh, Jimmy, the last time they played in Cincinnati, we blew them out. We can we can do it again. That's how that's going to look. And then you get Houston then you get Tennessee. You get you have, you know, winnable games. Uh, the next four games are really winnable if you're the 49ers and you better win all four. Otherwise, you're not going to make the playoffs. I know they're still um, in control of that last wild card spot. But I mean, thanks to the absolutely crushing Vikings lost to the Lions today, which was hilarious, but no, it, it's just, you know, it's a lot going on, man. Yep. And it's just, you know, I don't think they're going to put Trey until they're out of it. Unfortunately, this type of game. I don't know. Jimmy didn't play well, but they're still going to stick with him. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but uh, Fernando said, I don't think Jimmy G played well. I heard you said that, Matt. I misunderstood my mistake. No worries. Oh, no. Jimmy did not play well. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Um, yeah. Just, there were people out there that tried to say Jimmy played well, like David Lombardi, who is just continues to pound the sand for Jimmy Garoppolo no matter what. He could be asleep, wake up, and say Jimmy played well, missed the entire yep. game. It's yep. insane. Um, this I yep. thought was really interesting. So Emmanuel Mosley had been playing well. And then I believe sometime in the first half, I forget exactly when it was, he left, I believe, with an ankle injury. D'Amador Lenore replaced him. Obviously had a very hard time filling in, covering DK Metcalf, then gave up a touchdown. And then immediately to start the third quarter, he gets benched for Dante Johnson. Were you surprised how quickly the Niners pulled the plug on that? Were they like, okay, enough? Yeah, that was that was a little weird. But first of all, let's talk about DK Metcalf being a complete piece of trash yeah and stomping i think it was who was it tart was it tart in the tart. end zone yep where he just stomped on his ankle and like he knew exactly where he was yeah because he stomped on it and continued to celebrate he didn't look yep. he didn't look to be like oh snap that was an accident or whatever he absolutely meant to do that this is right in line with him you know 
moaning and complaining about stuff and throwing fits on the sideline and getting called out. Oh, I won't talk about what he's getting called out for, but dude, like honestly, that's that's terrible, man. You stomp on a dude's foot, like, and to have no call on that when it was clear and obvious that it was on purpose. You don't forget that guy. But I, I am a little surprised in how quickly they pulled the plug on Lenore. I mean, it, like it looked like in in preseason, Lenore was doing really well. And you can't expect guys to either maintain what they're doing or improve if they're not getting reps. So I don't know what you think Lenore is going to be able to do, but he's not getting the reps to try to prove that he can do it. And it's unfortunate, but I mean, I don't know. Uh, Like I know Ace said he'd rather have Johnson out there than Norman, but Johnson also got that penalty today. Costly. For the the helmet to helmet. Yep, third down stop comes in and makes right. the hit. Like I think people forget how trash Dante Johnson is. He's terrible. Yeah, he's terrible. So it's that's one of those things where they're definitely going to have to. You know, I know it came out today that the salary cap is is going to go up by about twenty six million. Get rid of Jimmy's contract. Take that twenty six million. Now you got fifty two. You need to get some help. It's yep. just there's too they're too thin at these important positions to be able to to do anything. And then you're relying on Jimmy Garoppolo to bail you out of, of, you know, tough spots and he can't do it. No, he, he cannot. Um, yeah. And also this kind of speaks to Trey Lance and in a way you cannot expect him to just get better or even maintain where he's at when he's not playing and then exactly. ask him to come in and, and take over. If they were to do that, it's asking a lot of him. It's just like what they did with that Arizona game when he did have to start. It's tough. It's really tough. And, Lenore looked good to start the season, had a couple of games. And then I feel like he got burnt once or twice. And the team was like, okay, enough. We cannot continue to allow this. And you put in people that are arguably worse. Yeah. It, it doesn't it, make sense to me. I think it's a situation like I try to be as realistic as possible. Like, I don't think the 49ers are a bad team, but I don't think that they're a contending team. And we've talked about this. I feel like Kyle and John and the coaches feel like they're a contending team. So something happens, and instead of taking the angle of like, you know what, we need to get the rook reps, bad things are gonna happen. We, you know, it's experience, he'll, you know, that he'll work through it. It's like, well, we're gonna be, you know, we're a Super Bowl team, we can't have this stuff. And it's like, you guys aren't a Super Bowl team, you're not capable of overcoming the deficits that you have with the quarterback that you're running out there, and you can't put in Trey because it's unfair to expect a rookie to carry you further than a veteran would. So they're kind of in this catch 22 where like, they're not a completely poor rebuilding team, but they're also not a contending team. And if you want to look towards like maybe 2022, 2023, you can be a Super Bowl team. You're kind of pushing that window further back by not playing the young guys and getting them acclimated because in 2022 for the draft, you're going to have to bring those guys up to speed. And if you're 2021 guys haven't gotten any reps, now you're talking about trying to get two rookie classes ready to play. And, you know, that's just going to, that's going to further the development time that it's going to take for everybody to get out there. And I, I don't think it's a smart way to do things. Um, it's, and it's what makes this, you know, th- three or four games ago when they were a couple games under 500, it makes it really easy to be like, all right, we need to think about playing the young guys. Then they go on a tear. Then they can play this complete abomination. And it's like, what is this team? They're so consistently inconsistent 
that it becomes frustrating because it's like double dutch. You don't know when to jump in. Okay, are we rebuilding? Are we not? Should we play the young guys? Should we not? Are we going to make the playoffs? Maybe. We don't know. And so this team is just stuck in limbo. And I think it's going to hurt the future of the team more so beyond this year than if they were just one way or another. Yeah, most definitely. And also, you know, they gave up first round picks for the next couple of years. They don't have that to add into the mix. Um, It really is just unfortunate the way they've gone about it. Um, Steve asked, Trey should have been there. He said, Trey should have been out there on the fourth and when at least. I know we talked about this in our last show. Kyle Shanahan admitted that he stopped kind of getting these packages in for Trey Lance because it's hard to game plan for both styles of quarterbacks. Were you surprised or were you expecting him to get in on those goal line situations today at all? No, unless Jimmy gets hurt, I don't think Trey's going to play. That's the thing. I think that, that anybody who expects him to be put in these situational packages, it's not realistic. He's not going to do it. At this point, we need to treat Trey Lance like he's just the backup quarterback because unless something happens to Jimmy and he gets pulled, Trey's not going to see the field. Yeah, There was a fourth and one play where the 49ers did a very, very weird style play where I think it was Kittle kind of motioned and he slowed down right by the, the center and then he took off and they snapped it. Jimmy fakes the handoff and then kind of walks around trying to get, he gets stopped, completely stopped. But it's like, that's the play that you get Lance in for. If you're going to run your quarterback at a shotgun on fourth and one, which I will never, ever like, I cannot stand shotgun runs on third, fourth and one. You're starting off four yards already behind the scrimmage. And it, it, yeah, Steve said here, you can't run his zone raid with Jimmy Garoppolo. Nope. Nobody is afraid of his speed, his quickness. If you're doing a quarterback sneak, maybe. But do not zone read with Jimmy Garoppolo. The play right. calling was questionable at best today, in my opinion. George Kittle, hats off to you. You took over. You understood somebody needed to step up without Debo. Kittle had a hell of a game today, for hell, sure. Best, best of the season. I don't. I might be his career best, honestly. Um, close to 200 yards receiving, two yeah. receiving touchdowns. It was good. And Brandon Ayuk came on towards the second half as well. End of the game with three catches for 55 yards. Um. I, they said during the game that he's had like 13 third down receptions and all of them went for first downs. That's awesome. That's fantastic. It's exactly yeah. what the Niners need. I remember when Kendrick Bourne was here, they called him, you know, either first down or touchdown guy. That seems to be what Brandon Ayuk is becoming. So that's nice to see. But the 49ers, I think, took a little too long to get him involved and then still didn't get him involved enough. And if I remember correctly, on that fourth down play, he wasn't even in. Um, no, I they went to ended up going to Sherfield, which uh Kyle Shanahan said in the post game was the third read in the, the progression. Um, man, it, it's tough. And then the whole I know and that, you talked about the rest in a row, and I know we yeah. don't want to blame the rest, but that was a DPI on third down. The third but down, the whole point is that they shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. So, like, I, I will acknowledge that it was a, a bad DPI but the 49ers played themselves into the position where they had to have that. Yeah, most definitely. This team, we have to remind you guys, won three games coming into today. Mm -hmm. Now they've won four. Half of them were against the Niners. This team, who might win another one to two games this season, swept the 49ers, who were the fifth seed, I believe, fourth, sixth seed going into today. Now they drop down to the seventh. Washington leapfrogged them. Um that's that's what it is, guys. Yeah. Um, they could very well be a pretender, not a contender. This game was huge, and I still think the NFL takes a giant loss by flexing this out of Sunday night. 
because you cannot tell me this Denver Kansas City game going on if it's still going on is better. Um, but right. still, this game the 49ers should have won. This should have been the game that they go in, make a statement win, even without Debo, even without Fred Warner, and said, We are now better than you, Seattle Seahawks. We are leapfrogging you in the division. It was nice, a good 10 year run you guys had. Thank you very much. That's not what happened. They played down to the Fort Seahawks level of play. They kept them in the game with interceptions, with fumbles, with special teams mistakes, and they ultimately allowed them to win. So they only yep. have themselves to blame. I agree with you, exactly. Matt. This, the Niners might have been there shooting themselves in the foot. Maybe the ref came up and shot them once in the foot, but there's already 10 bullets in your feet. It doesn't yep. change much. You're already losing the exactly. game for yourself. So that was very unfortunate. Um, yeah. There are I want to address Eric's question, though. Do I think Kyle is worried about his quarterback pick will flop in his face like most of his other picks, so he's sticking with what he knows with Jimmy? No. I don't think that's the case at all. I think that he, again, I feel like this team thinks that they're actual contenders. So at this point, is Jimmy better than Lance in the long term? Probably not. But Jimmy might be slightly better than Lance today. Um, They're just they're going with who they think is going to give them short term success. And they're thinking very short term, which is the problem. So, um, yeah, but they, they need to get I mean, they need to handle business. The next few weeks of their schedule are very favorable, um, particularly with what happened today with Joe Burrow. That's like pinky on his throwing hand. That's huge. That's huge for ball grip, whatever, whatever. So, yeah. Um. See, so going through some more of the comments, Steve says Sherfield was open on the touchdown for a touchdown on the fourth down play. I mean, Compton got completely obliterated, so Jimmy didn't even have a chance. Um, Carlos right. Dunlap bull rushed him right into and tipped that pass. That's unfortunate. Also, I think I would have liked for the Niners to have let Jimmy possibly pass. I know this is going to sound a little dumb because I just kind of torn to the guy. But that final drive, he was doing well. He was moving the ball. He was hitting his targets. And I completely understand wanting to chew the clock and not leaving any time for Seattle to get the ball back, a.k.a. the Aaron Rodgers mistake from week three. But I think those runs might have gotten him kind of out of sync and out of of rhythm, Mm -hmm. runs for a couple yards, run for a couple yards, and then he ultimately had to throw third and fourth down, and he just couldn't get it. He just. By the way, this speaks to what I said earlier in the year when people were complaining Oh, you you got to leave less time on the clock. You got to leave less time on the clock. And I'm always like, no, you need to go score. Because who gives a crap how much time is on the clock if you're, you know, if you don't score? You have to do one thing before you can think about the other. It's it's such a it's such an ass backwards way of thinking that a lot of the fans have. It, it's the same thing when they're like, oh, do we not do this because this player might get hurt? Uh oh, did we lose Zach? We lost Zach, and this thing is crazy. Sorry about that. That's all right. Hit the wrong button. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, Wano says, I thought Brandon was lined up on the left of that fourth goal. He might have been. I could be mistaken, um, but I wish they would have gone to him. I don't know what that what Jimmy was going to. I didn't rewatch the play. I was kind of so angry. I just turned my TV off and walked out and went to dinner. Um, but I got to rewatch it because he very well could have been. Um yeah. Ace Press says the Cincinnati game is going to be telling us if we have a shot. They I have agree. to do something, especially with Joe Burrow again injured. Yep. 
Because, totally I mean, agree. the memes are going around. The screenshots are going around. Dude, his hand was messed up. Yeah. You know, I saw the... um. I saw the shot of him on the sideline when he had the tape on it and he was trying to throw and I saw him let out like that scream. Yeah. Um, you can tell that that's an injury. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it came back and he had like, I don't, I haven't looked to see what the update is. Maybe he could have a broken finger, you know, and, and that's when, even if it's a sprain, that's going to be something that's going to affect him. Yeah. When I saw it, it looked like a capital L. It was like almost so he probably dislocated the finger, but we yeah. don't know if there's like a fracture to the bone. You know what I mean? Right. Either way, that finger is going to be messed up for a minute. Yeah. Which would be big. Um, yeah. Steve says if he puts in Lance now, he plays great. The fans will eat Shanahan alive for not playing him sooner. Um, I'm not sure about that. They Half, might, maybe. they might make a comment once or, you know, like a couple times, but if the team's winning, they're not going to care if they're going to be contending. That's the thing. You know, wins kind of heal a lot of a lot of stuff. So, I agree. It masks a lot. I mean, it masked Jimmy Garoppolo's deficiencies the last couple of weeks. Four yep. Niners fans were happy. Um, Twitter is a complete cesspool when they lose. Yeah, blame going everywhere. People arguing. Um, yeah, Ace says that sicky second Jimmy interception. Sherfield was wide open, but he forced it to Kittle. That was possibly a touchdown if he hit Sherfield in motion. Yep. But are we surprised? I mean, the 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 video going around was of him missing Kittle wide open last week. Um, the one where I guess Kurt Warner broke it down, and he was like, "I don't even know what he's thinking here." He was speechless. He was. It's, speechless. That's same old Jimmy. Same yep. old Jimmy. Again, I, I, and you know what? That was the better of the two interceptions. Believe it or not, I mean, and that's saying yeah. something because that was a poor interception. But yep. when you don't even see Bobby Wagner and you throw it like right in Wagner's lap, I mean, that's, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And I he, don't care he, what anybody says. Trey Lance does not make that pick. He didn't move. Bobby Wagner maybe dropped back two yards, but yep. with wise, he was in the same spot of the field when Jimmy threw that pass. As soon as he snapped the ball, he didn't move and he threw it right to him. That was one of the worst interceptions right I've ever seen Jimmy Garoppolo made. Um, it, yeah. I think he made one similar to that in the playoff game against the Vikings a couple of years back. Um, something similar might have been to Eric Kendricks, if I yeah. remember correctly. Jimmy makes Jimmy makes interceptions that you would expect out of like a rookie, like a conference USA college quarterback to make. Yeah, if I'm being honest, like yeah. just egregious interceptions. Yeah, just and not good. There's no excuse. I was waiting for the sideline cam to show up with Kyle Shanahan with his play sheet over him, chewing out Jimmy. Yelling we at didn't, him again. I know. We didn't see that. Um, so Jimmy Garoppolo in the press game, post-game press conference was asked about the second interception. He said, quote, the second one, I just got a little greedy with it and should have taken the check down. No, Jimmy, you should have taken the, the touchdown. There was a wide open touchdown to Trent Sherfield. And even that I think is extremely disappointing that, even in hindsight, I know he hasn't seen it. He probably didn't see film, but still, I would have hoped they would have pulled him over on the sidelines and showed him on the iPad. Hey, look, this was open. And he's still right now, even after the game, is saying, nope, probably should have taken the touchdown, the check down. Yep. Excuse me. Do you think Richard yep. Hightower, special teams coach, should go? Yep. Yeah. The 49ers yep. have been bad. Trash. Yep. Uh, guys, we're going to bring in our guy, Anthony Perry. Uh, let me switch this up real quick. 
What's up? How's it going? That's oh, not oh. even close, bro. <laughs> Here, give me a Just second. Just drop the. Yeah, there you go. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Good. Can you guys hear me? Okay, good. How's it going? Um, so just to join in on conversation right now, I think you guys know Stuart and I have been screaming fire Richard Hightower for the past like two years. It it was an abysmal special teams performance. And the thing is, is that the special teams unit usually isn't terrible. It's not good by any means, but it's usually not as bad as it was today. So from what we saw today, it was absolutely mind blowing to say the least. Yeah, it, it was, was it was bad. I'm just I'm tired of it. 49ers special teams has been bottom half of the league for the, like the last 10 years. And it's just, you know, it's it's been terrible. I feel like it's been terrible ever since Kyle Williams fumbled those those, you know, returns against the Giants in the <laughs> NFC championship game. Just not good. Robbie Gould is so mystifying because he hit that like 50 yard field goal and then he just misses extra points. And I don't understand. Like, is he going out there half-cocked and lazy where he's just like, oh, I can kick it. Oh, it's fine. And he just misses it. Because that can, completely changes the complexion of the game. Yep. It completely changes where Kyle's going to go with his play calling. It completely changes what the defense wants to do. It's just shooting themselves in the foot. Today was just a mess in terms of, of being efficient. And this is what happens when a team starts feeling themselves and goes out there and doesn't keep it tight. And to me, part of that's on the coaching part of that is on the coaching not i mean they asked kyle in the press conference if, if the team was prepared and he said yeah we were prepared but it's sports this and, this and that i don't know man those were a lot of unforced errors and unfortunately a lot of those are jimmy garoppolo and that very much is on kyle for keeping jimmy in there i just i don't understand it I, jimmy garoppolo is so frustrating to watch i'm i'm really over it at this point there was a time today in the game where i legitimately think they could have benched him and most fans wouldn't even have argued against it. Nope. He was very bad. He was very bad. He was hurting the team more than he was helping the team. And I don't understand why Kyle Shanahan, and I, I do understand. I know he's trying to trade him. I know he's trying to recruit something, but I don't, at some point, Jimmy Garoppolo's play is not helping his trade value. And I think today right. probably hurt more than it helped. Um, Just get your $26 million back, dude. That's all you need. You don't. Yeah. You won the trade. You got to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't need to win it twice. Get what you can for him and get out of Dodge. Like that's it. Yeah, that, that, that's what. Yeah, that's the best case scenario here. Um, Anthony, we were talking about the mistakes, the special teams. I know you came in saying Hightower's got to go. What were your kind of initial reactions to the loss? If you could sum it down in a couple sentences, right when the game ended, what was going on in your brain? You know. Only Jimmy Garoppolo could take a field, take the offense up 95 yards, and then just completely bomb the last four plays of the you know red zone. I mean, I won't give him all the blame. I mean, two of the run plays that were called just kind of just didn't work, you know. And then the last two pass plays where the debatable Trent Sherfield pass interference, which I thought was pass interference. I mean, that could have been 50-50. It's kind of subjective. But then, I mean, the for the ball to get tipped on the last play of the game, Trent Sherfield was wide open. And the angle where it showed the tip, there was no one within five yards of Sherfield, and that was the perfect play call. And for Garoppolo to tip it up, I mean, Matt Matt's on tip passes all season long, and you know, if that's just kind of Garoppolo's story, same thing with Lance, it's Lance's story too. But just my initial reaction to end the game was just like, you know, if if I had one game or just one drive to summarize the entire Niners season, it was that last drive. Where it's like, all right, 95 yards. Garoppolo was hitting great throws on that drive, by the way. He looked really good. Yeah. 
And then the one Mitchell run before the end zone carries that didn't work out. Mitchell looked good. The entire offense was clicking. And then you get to the end zone, and it was like, this is kind of where Kyle Shanahan had his issues his first couple seasons with this team was the red zone was his biggest problem. And then 2019, he excelled. 2020 was so-so. And then this year has been really good. But then you see that, and it's like, well, there go the Niners shooting themselves in the foot again, you know. So that last drive, I really do think kind of just summarizes our season as a whole, where you just get so much momentum, and then it takes a few bad mistakes, a penalty, or some bad plays, and then that's it, you know. And it felt like this kind of game where I didn't think the team was going to win. I mean, the first half just started excellent. They had the turnovers. They had the touchdowns. Everything looked great, right? And then they score zero points in the second half, and it's like, then the Travis Benjamin fumble happens to open the half. And it's like, oh, no. You know, that just kind of set the tone entirely. So I, I feel like it kind of sets yourself up for a loss. But when you see the team build the momentum, it's like, we know what they could be. But their problem all season long has been finishing games. You know, I feel like that's been the biggest story is just not being able to finish. And even if it comes to tying the game, they still couldn't finish. So that that's my thought, man. It's What's going on, Thomas? Um, that's my thought, man. It's just. You know, guys, I, I didn't really hear what you guys thought as well, but I'm sure it's kind of similar. Couldn't really finish, looked okay, and just, you know, just couldn't close it out. I think a lot of things played into them. Like I said, people bring, blame the refs for that DPI. You know, a lot of things, people, hey, maybe the tip pass or whatever. First of all, tip passes, for me, a lot of times are on the offensive lineman. If you're not occupying your defender enough that they can get up and tip a pass, it's on you. But... It should never have been there to begin with. Travis Benjamin fumbling, Jimmy Garoppolo's two picks, Jimmy Garoppolo getting sacked for his safety. These are all things that put the 49ers in a position to play down to an, at the time, 3-8 and eight Seattle Seahawks team that was absolutely scuffling, that was absolutely ripe for the picking, even with the injuries that you had. And they came out there and they played a crappy game, just a crappy, inefficient game. And they played down to their level of opponent, and it came back to bite him in the ass. And it's plain and simple. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we got a guy in here. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, do you remember his name, Zach? But notice how he wasn't in here today talking about how he was going to get a jersey at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done that the last three weeks and he ain't here. Yep. So that's it's when you're in when you're consistently inconsistent like this team is. This is what's going to happen. You're going to be a 500. This is that what Jeff Fisher called that seven and nine bullshit. Yep. Is what the 49ers are doing. Yeah, it's just uh, not good enough. Yeah, I want to just I just want to comment on that last thing Matt said. I'm consistently inconsistent is like the absolute epitome of this team, and it's been that way all season long. And they can go three and two in this final stretch, and I, we'll still say the same thing that they've been consistently inconsistent. Yeah, they should win four. I mean, d- again, no Derrick Henry for the Titans. Joe Burrow is going to be injured for uh, you know for. Uh, for the Bengals next week. We don't know what Joe Mixon's going to be, so we don't know what Cincinnati. Houston is super ripe for the picking. Um, and then they have, I can't Atlanta. remember who the last, was that? Atlanta. Atlanta and Atlanta. And then the Rams. They should, they should win all four of those games, and then it's like, okay, maybe they don't win against the Rams if the Rams are still struggling for like playoff seating or whatever. The, I mean, there, there's no excuse for them not to win those next four. And if they can't, I mean, if they lose one more and they fall to seven losses, it's time to put Lance in because you're not making the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think what hurt the most is that the 49ers 
had every reason to win this game. I mean, honestly, you could have continued your playoff run, solidifying your spot as the sixth seed, um, possibly stay within half a game of the Rams, who I know beat the brakes off of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars today. But you were within half a game. Now you lost. You go drop back one and a half games of the Rams. Um, you drop down to the seventh seed. Meanwhile, the Seahawks just get to play spoiler because they're likely not going to make the playoffs. Um, they moved to four and eight. The 49ers could have handed them their first losing season, I mm-hmm. believe, since Russell Wilson got there. And watch, they're going to lose next week. Watch. They're, they're going to yeah, drop. They're going to lay an egg and lose next week. Yeah. I, I mean, they lost a pretty bad game against Washington on Monday night last week. And it's hard for me to think that the 49ers are a worse team than Washington. But whatever it is against Seattle, these guys, to put it, Bluntly, they just don't have the balls to get it done. Whether it's Jimmy, whether it's Kyle. They they won't lose next week. I lied. They're playing the Texans. They're not going to (laughs) lose. Yeah, they're not going to lose. They they play the Rams on December 19th. They're going to lose that game, though. Yeah. The Niners, it's like when they go to Seattle, they check their balls at the airport and leave them there until they fly back. I don't know what it is. George Kittle is the only one who seemed to pick them up. He picked them up. Brandon Ayuk picked up one ball. Everyone else just left both nuts at the airport, at Seattle-Tacoma Airport. And it was horrible. And it showed out there on the field. And I forget who tweeted it out. It might have been Rob Guerrero of Niners uh, Nation said, you know, the 49ers, if it wasn't for, I think, you know, they they always shit themselves when they come to Seattle, except for 2019. They were a few inches from shitting themselves in 2019 as well. And that game was for all the marbles. And that was still the best that the Super Bowl team could do. So whatever it is about the Seattle Seahawks, they I think Tracy Sandler tweeted out, and it's a great tweet. The F- Seahawks are to the 49ers what the 49ers are to the Rams. They cannot beat them no matter what. The Niners have had the Rams number. Seattle has had the 49ers number. That's yep. just how it shakes down in the NFC West. I'm also getting real sick of them disrespecting the 1994 uniforms. Oh, oh my Every God, time they put them on, they yeah. play like shit. One win. Yep. One win. That's it. It's not it's, good. Yeah, it's atrocious. I was like, I remember the, I watched the '94 49ers and they were way better than this. <laughs> I was wearing Kittles as '94 throwback and I felt disrespected wearing it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, why am I wearing the same great, anyways? <laughs> I mean, Kittle played a hell of a game today. You can't be he mad did, at him. He did. Yeah. Did you guys talk about if uh, Debo was in this game, how the team would have done a lot better? Did, did we did not. That? I, yeah. I don't think they would have done that much better. Not with Jimmy throwing them dumb picks. Yeah, those picks would have been those picks would have been picks no matter what. Like Russell Wilson's pick was a tip. That's something that's like that sucks, but it happens. Like yeah. you can't really Jimmy Garoppolo threw those two picks and they were so bad. I was telling Zach that they were like they were like a mid major college quarterback throwing a pick. That's what you expect out of like shitty college quarterbacks, not an NFL quarterback who's eight years into his career. It's just unacceptable. And I'm t- I'm tired of watching Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. Whether he's sitting back behind the line, petting the ball way too much, missing wide open receivers for touchdowns, throwing picks, just generally looking like he doesn't know what he's doing out there. I'm tired of it. I'm really tired of it. And you can give me 20 of 30 for 299 and two touchdowns, but those two picks and that safety completely killed any goodwill I have towards Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. Particularly when that second touchdown pass to, to Kittle was mostly Kittle. Yeah. I mean, it was a play action pass. It was like a five yard out to Kittle. 
and then Kittle yep. made the rest happen. Yeah, that was nasty. So, I, just, yeah, I, I agree with you. When you watch Garoppolo and you're sitting there like, okay, is this going to be the interception? You know what I mean? Is this going to be the interception? Right. Yes. It happened in the chat multiple times today where it was like, all right, we're waiting for the next Garoppolo interception. Yeah, what, right. We always talked about it, that one, that Jimmy throw. We're waiting for the Jimmy throw because yeah. we know it's going to happen. Yeah. I, and he, I, I, he skated early in the year, but now it's catching up to him, and it, it's happening again and again and again and again. I forget who tweeted out. It might have been um, Haberman. Guy Haberman said, um, "The worst, uh, the the most dramatic part of my Sundays is when the ball <laughs> goes deep and the camera doesn't show where it's landing when Jimmy Garoppolo is <laughs> throwing it." And that's one hundred percent correct. Is it going yeah. for a touchdown? Is it going for a horrible interception? That's exactly how it shapes out when Jimmy throws the ball deep. And he had that deep pass deep. I think it was a 27-yard touchdown pass to, to George Kittle. And that was a good pass. I mean, he could have probably put a little more touch on it, but it was still a good pass. And I was surprised yeah. he, he hit it. Um, the other one's inexcusable. Perry, I was telling Matt, the, the first interception might have been the worst interception I've ever seen Jimmy Garoppolo throw. I'm not sure if you were able to catch it. I know you were busy most of the day, but yeah, it was driving. Yeah, very, I heard very it. Ugly. it was, <laughs> I heard Papa say it was terrible. It was straight to to um, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner didn't move. He dropped back two Wait, yards. Yeah, when you get a chance, go catch that highlight. It's like you're gonna be like, uh, what? It's I'll tell you. I'll put you this way. Remember against Arizona where you got the behind the defense cam of Jimmy Garoppolo when he threw that pick to Buda Baker, and you see Buda slide across the whole camera, and Jimmy didn't look at him once, and he throws the pick to Buda Baker. It's worse than that one. Wow, that's bad. That's, it's that's real really bad. bad. You know, it, those ones are always, it's like the dude just doesn't see the linebackers in the middle. Of right. The I don't know why. And the other one that gets me too, I don't know if you guys talked about it, was the overthrow to use check on the fullback leak oh. that Garoppolo can't hit that throw. He, he has not. Nope. The only time he hit that throw was to use check against the Steelers week three, 2019. When, and almost got his head knocked yeah, off and, because and he, he still overthrew it. Yeah. Garoppolo yeah. has just, you know, I mean, it's like, not it's like Garoppolo can like force a tight window throw better than he can hit a throw with no one around anyone. You know what I mean? It, it's just, it's, it's amazing how, how far his accuracy falls off the closer to the sideline you get. Yeah. It's really weird. It, it's really weird. Um, yeah. It's, it's not good. Um, I just don't I, like the, Garoppolo has eight picks and he's played 11 games. I, I don't think that we should be in line for, a quarterback who throws nearly a pick a game. I don't think that that's something that any fan and you're telling me that Lance can't do any better. Um, not only just do, I mean, even if he was playing at the same level as Jimmy Garoppolo and still turning the ball over, what you're doing is you're getting him prepared because what happens next year when Jimmy's gone, Trey Lance is doing this stuff and Trey Lance maybe gets out to a rough start. Well, now you can't go back to Jimmy. You can't rely on him. You've, you're wasting reps on a quarterback who you know exactly what his ceiling is. He's completely capped in terms of his development, and he's actively hurting the team. You know, yeah. any, any decent quarterback today could have overcome what happened on defense or overcome some of the penalties or overcome that Travis Benjamin fumble if they take care of the football and can lead the offense. Every time you ask Jimmy Garoppolo to carry the team, he can't do it. And it's getting old. I had people in my mentions, by the way, Perry, I think he also hit that throw in 2019 in Seattle on the right sideline to juice. I think it was a wheel route. He did hit juice that time. Other than that, I cannot remember him connecting. Um, Juan yeah, Matthews is, 
I don't know, Zach, that pick against yeah. Arizona in 2019, the red zone was awful, threw it right to him. It might have been tied for the Western interception then because it was atrocious. I mean, I had people in my mentions that are typically pro Jimmy saying, okay, I have, I have no excuse for that. That you cannot do. You simply cannot do. And I also had people saying that Ayuk or, and Juice needed to haul those in. That Oh, he hit him right on the hands. That's, that's on the receiver. If the ball hits you on the hands, you need to run it in. This isn't high school football. These guys are played tens of millions of dollars a year. Throw it to where the receiver does not need to jump up six, seven inches off the ground just to haul it in and then be completely defenseless and take a shot. That, and get that, was, like, up. that, that was like the Middlecoff tweet where it's like, if you have a 35-inch vert, <laughs> you could be a yeah. Niners wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. It's it's really sad. Um, Ace Press said DJ Jones was beasting this game and disease. Those were two studs. Dude, on the Aziz side. had like 11 tackles today. Yep. And they recovered fumble. If I remember yeah. And he almost had that interception too. So that, close. Um, if yeah. You could just I, that, I, that was another one I only heard on the radio. You know, I keep saying this in the group chat and it's like one of my only like draft hits. But when I was writing for NB Niners and I did my whole draft review, I was so certain that Aziz would be a good player if he played. And I think like he is officially kind of usurped Greenlaw when Greenlaw gets fully healthy. I, maybe they're like a 1A and 1B. I'm not sure what you guys might think, but I think Aziz has shown me a lot more than what Greenlaw has shown throughout his time so far. I think I think, Greenlaw. I think it's recency bias. You think so? I think so. Dre Greenlaw is yeah. a better player than Aziz. I think Greenlaw has more range. I think Greenlaw is better in coverage. Um, Aziz has been doing very well. And I said this a couple, I think it was two weeks ago, just because I think Greenlaw is better than Aziz Alshair does not mean Aziz Alshair is bad. I want that to be clear, but I think that we haven't seen anything from Greenlaw because he got injured and then he came back for like part of a game and was injured again. I think we forget just the range that he had. I remember people were talking about how he missed so many tackles. I'm like, well, when you're the only dude making tackles, you're going to probably miss some, you know, like, like it's like those Patrick Willis days, Patrick Willis would miss like five or 10 tackles in a season, but it's like, dude, he's making 135 tackles. Like he's going to miss a couple, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. Um, but I do think that once everybody gets healthy, this is a hell of a linebacking core. I, you know, Aziz is holding it down. He played with garbage today. Like the, the, the other linebackers were straight. I don't even know half of who they were. Like they were like P squad guys and like guys that, oh, I just came out of a target and answered my phone. I guess I'm playing for the 49ers tomorrow. Well, this is just how it goes, you know? Um, but he was great, man. He, he played a hell of a game. Bosa kicking ass like always. Um, just out at Armstead got a sack today. Way to earn way to earn like I don't know, he's on pace for like nine million dollars a sack this year, but you know, pretty good. <laughs> That's atrocious. Um yeah, the D line played really well. They did their best to keep the Niners in this. Um Matt and I talked about it earlier. They uh Bosa had that sack and and stripped stripped uh Russell Wilson, and it was like a loss of like 20 yards pushed him out of field goal range. That was huge. Yep. The 49ers defense did as much as they could. They asked a lot of them. Uh, Perry, I was telling Matt, start the show. I didn't even realize the Niners went scoreless in the entire second half. 23 points in the first half. The second half, you cannot score. Uh, my question for you, though, Perry, back to Aziz. Do you think he's kind of pricing himself out of a contract with the Niners? Do you think another team's going to offer him a lucrative deal and he's going to say match this or I'm out. And the Niners are going to say, sorry, we got Debo. We got Nick. I don't know if we can. What, what do you think? Well, to the scoreless thing, 
Ali had said that in the chat, and when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's just Ali. And then when I looked at the score, I was like, oh, he was right. <laughs> I was like, Ali's actually right about something. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this is another subjective thing, but linebackers are kind of the most debated defensive position in football because it can be pretty replaceable. Because you do have a lot of people on Twitter and, and NFL pro Project House saying, oh, you just really got to be decent in coverage and make tackles. And I do think that's kind of true to an extent that if you can tackle average and if you can cover average, then you're pretty good. Like if I'm the Niners, I'm not giving Greenlaw or Z is like five or six per year. Like, no, what you can't afford that. Well, you could with Lance, but I, I wouldn't put that money towards that, you know? So if they did something like a three per year or four per year on Aziz and made it work, like that's okay. But I think that, with the way the Niners have been able to draft linebackers to begin with. I mean, they've just nailed Warner. They nailed Greenlaw. They nailed their uh, Aziz uh, pr profile. Jonas Griffith would have been on the 53-man roster if they didn't trade him. And the Broncos were using him until Griffith got put on IR. And Griffith wasn't bad. So the Niners aren't afraid to you know take a flyer on linebackers. And it seems like they have good luck. So if Aziz does price himself out, I wouldn't be surprised if he walks. Same with Greenlaw, too. And I don't want to see anyone walk. But if the FO is confident in being able to draft a linebacker for his abilities, which they are capable of. And even Matt was talking earlier about putting Hufanga down in the box if he has to play weak side or strong side, which he actually did for a little bit. He did play down in the box a few times. If they could do that with their safeties or do that with like a fifth or sixth round linebacker, then those guys can walk, you know? It's just about maintaining the key core guys. I think they're. I think they're going to re-sign Aziz. I mean, you get rid of oh, Jimmy yeah, Garoppolo, yeah. the salary cap increases. You got now you're going to be like fifty three million dollars underneath the cap. It's plenty of room for all those guys, even with a Debo con Debo contract incoming. Um, I I do have to push. I because I I have to stand by what I said last week. So this is no slide against you, but Jonas Griffith finished the season with one tackle, so he wasn't that good. Sorry. Yeah, Matt, I just, Matt, I, he, I'm, he very, I'm very against <laughs> these training camp heroes, dude. Like, I'm not about yeah, training yeah, camp heroes. It's like, everybody's like, Trent Sherfield, baby AB. I'm like, get out of here with that, dude. Like, Arizona let him walk for nothing. You know, like, the, you know, if they can get return off Griffith, though, it tells you that they're pretty confident in their evaluations. Yeah. Which means that if they yeah, they, did, move, they got a they got a pick for him. They got a late round pick for him. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. And so if Aziz happens to walk, which I don't think he will either, then whoever, you know, Toledo linebacker they take or whoever. I like, you know, I like what Ace is saying. Aziz is kind of similar to Quan Alexander. Yep. Thumper. You don't miss as many tackles, though. Nah. No. Quan, yeah, man, no. Quan did really well in the first half of the season. Then he came back after, like, those injuries. And he's been a turnstile ever since, do, man. You, Matt, do you remember? I think it was week one of last season. Was he still on the team last season or the two yeah. seasons? Yeah. Before they it was traded last him. season, they traded um, him like in like week four or something. That's like right. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in contain. He's in coverage. I think he's a spy on on Kyler Murray, and he yep. turns his back and he lets Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray run in for the touchdown. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. What are you doing? No, I think it was a I think it was a first down play, but it was like it was like third and fifteen. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's bro. Right. That's right. You know yeah. he has the potential to run. Why would you turn your back? And as soon as yeah. he crossed that line of scrimmage, leave that wide receiver and go up and hit his ass. Yep. Nope. I think First Aziz down. is a lot better in coverage than Alexander was. Oh, Quan was terrible in coverage. Better tackler. Um, and he bring yeah. he does bring a lot of energy. I know he's maybe not a vocal leader, but I do see him constantly kind of getting guys hyped up on the defense. I think today he stepped up big, especially with Fred Warner out. Yeah. That's what the 49ers needed. And if and he I think, continue to and play I think, this level. And I think that speaks to bringing him back. 
because I know that you can get decent linebacker play out of just about anybody. But when you have a dude in a tough situation that steps up and takes a role like that, that's a culture guy you want to keep on your team. Those are the type of guys you want to keep around because you don't know if the next guy is going to have that despite the talent, despite whatever. Um, he showed a lot of fight today. He showed that he could step up in a tough spot. And yeah. to me, that earns you your money for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Um, guys, share the stream. If you're watching, share it on Twitter. Hit like on YouTube. Subscribe. You know the deal. We're going to be wrapping things up shortly. I know it's Sunday night. People got to get ready for work tomorrow. Um, moving forward. the Shout out to Ali on. watching the show and commenting in the group chat. <laughs> we see you, buddy. Shout out, Ali. Uh, moving forward, 49ers that now travel to Cincinnati to play yep. the Bengals, the beat-up Bengals. Perry, yep. keys to victory for next week. I know this isn't a preview show, but we can just get a little bit into it. What do the 49ers need to do that they didn't do today to ensure they don't drop below 500 again? Jimmy Garoppolo's got to watch film and realize that linebackers play football. Because <laughs> I just saw the Bobby Wagner INT. <laughs> that was so bad. bad. So, so bad. bad. It's so bad. Wagner is literally running, and he turns around. And he's just like, "Oh, the ball's right here." Right. Uh, no, it was, um, it's almost like he looked at it. Was like, "What is this? What is the ball?" Yeah, he's here? like, "Oh, oh, 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 oh okay." <laughs> you know, the digs one with that too. Um, you know what? I think it's just turnover free football. That that's mm -hmm. been the story throughout Garoppolo's entire career. It's like the dude with like one or more turnovers, his record is significantly different than it is with no turnovers. And Matt touched on it earlier when we were talking about the interceptions thing. Garoppolo has yet to go three straight games in his career without an interception, which is, I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a stretch in his career. I know it's Rodgers, but he had a stretch where he threw like 12 or 13 straight games, no interception or something crazy. Garoppolo mm -hmm. can't even go three. So limit the turnovers. And I mean, it's just all these BS turnovers that keep happening. Yeah. I'm just going to keep it at that guys. Just limit the turnovers, play clean football and just get out with the victory. First and foremost, just clean football. Yep. Turnover free football, win the time of possession. Here's the thing, especially with this Bengals team, make Joe Burrow uncomfortable, particularly if Mixon's going to be out. Um, I read the latest on Joe Burrow. He dislocated that pinky. He doesn't expect to miss any time, but that's a pinky. It's part of his grip on the football, which means that he's going to be fluttering some balls because no way after a dislocation is it going to be ready in seven days and and swell, swelling or pain-free. Um, you make him uncomfortable, you force him into mistakes, particularly without Joe Mixon to back him up. You do whatever you can to take away the outside shot and try to make Burrow work over the middle where he's, where he's not going to be as good. Um, but you absolutely have to lessen your turnovers Control time possession. Try to run the football. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Hung Fat says it here. Need to commit to the running game. Jimmy can't do it for San Francisco. I solely. think they did commit to the running game, but Seattle was stacking the box. And I think that going forward, you're going to see more of this. You're going to see teams going like, we know Jimmy can't beat us. Yeah. And Seattle does a good job, I think, more than a lot of other teams of limiting what Jimmy can do over the middle because Wagner is so good yeah. because they're able to play the center of the field. If you take away the center of the field and you take away the running game, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to hurt the 49ers going forward. Yeah, I mean, they ran it 22 times. and Well, technically 25, uh, 22 with Mitchell, one to Kittle, two with Jimmy. That um, Kittle one actually worked. It was weird because they ran them on like – they did the – the uh, I forget what kind of motion they call it, like slingshot motion or whatever, where he goes like way far back. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was but, motion? I think it was orbit. It, it yeah. was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Finally, it was worked. an interesting play. Those plays to Kittle usually it, don't. Yeah, but it, it worked. 
it got the first yeah. down. Um, yeah, hopefully Debo Samuel's back next week. I haven't mm-hmm. heard any updates on that, but I believe it was one, possibly two weeks. Yeah, I hope Fred's back too. Fred as well. That would be big. Um, I believe the 49ers need to activate D Ford by the 15th. I could be wrong, but they opened up his 15 day window, whatever practice window, and they need to activate him between then. It could be sooner than the 15th. Um, so possibly D Ford back. If not, I don't think they're able to activate him again for the rest of the year. Right. That's how that works. I'm not sure, but I, that sounds right. If they have him for that three week window, and they don't activate him for the game. I think he's going to go on the shelf for the for the season. So yeah, which is really weird that they activated him with him potentially not being ready for those three weeks. That seems like a big big mistake to me. I agree. They I thought they activated him last week with the hopes to go, and if not last week, certainly this week. Right. We didn't see him either week. So nope. hopefully next week for sure. Um. Yeah. Play mistake free football. As much as possible. Things are going to happen. It's the game. Like Matt said, that tip drill interception by, um, I forget, I think it was Disley. It could have been Disley or ever. It was by Gerald Everett in the end zone. Yep. Stuff like and that happens. Good job by K1 snaking it, though. That was a hell of a snap. He grabbed it right out of the air. Yeah. I wish he would have just taken a knee in the end zone. But, hey, whatever. That's all right. He went out two yards, and then yeah. Jimmy gets his I think it was because one of his feet was outside of the end zone. So I think you have to err on the side of caution of, like, oh, mm. I'm, I'm out of the end zone. That makes sense. That makes um, sense. Yeah. But, again, they forced two turnovers in the red zone. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't throw those picks, they win. Yeah. That's huge. It, it would have been huge. Um, and I think getting Debo back, if he's back, would help significantly. George Kittle continues to prove – He's still George Kittle. He had that yep. little bit of a lull in his performances in his game. He's back. George Kittle is officially back. I was tired of hearing the announcer say today, oh, Russell Wilson is back. This is Russell Wilson prime time. George Kittle's back. George Kittle had yep. almost 200 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he's a beast. If he can get involved with Brand, uh, excuse me, Debo involved, Brandon Ayuk with the kind of supplanting first downs, touchdowns here or there, the 49ers office shouldn't have a bad uh, it's hard time. It's the saddest the part of this whole thing is when you look at the weapons the 49ers have, you're just yeah. like, man, with better quarterback play, this team would score like 30 points a game. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to touch on that real quick because watching the Broncos and Chiefs, I was looking at the Broncos, and it's like they have Tim Patrick, No Fant, Cortland Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy, Javante Will. They have all these weapons, and then they have Teddy B. And I was looking Teddy at Denver. I was like, man, if Denver had a quarterback, it, it could be a different story. And I, right. just, I just wanted to comment on that because I think that's a And by the way, I would take our playmakers over Denver's playmakers any day of the week. Any day of yeah. the week. Uh, yeah, any I agree. Yeah, exactly. And just when you bring up that point, it's like quarterback play is the deciding factor at the end of the day. Yep. Even if we it run is. the ball 40 times and Garoppolo throws it 20 times, you know, it's still a difference. And just Right. But just with those outside players, if you have a good quarterback, guess what they can't do? They can't stack the box, which means now you got to deal with Elijah Mitchell too. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just... And Ian says Seattle's always a weird game for the Niners. What can go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Murphy's law happens when the 49ers play the Seahawks. It's just division games are always super unpredictable um, in terms of like how the actual gameplay is going to sort out. But Zach's right. It just seems like the the Seahawks have the 49ers number. So yeah. um, I'm just going to kind of wipe this one from memory, learn what you can and like on to the next and t- try to take care of a wounded Cincinnati team. Yep. I'm going to ask you guys one final question, but first, we got to give a thank you to my bookie for sponsoring today's show. Uh, guys, right now, go over to mybookie.ag, enter promo code HIVE, 
You'll get your first deposit all the way up to $1,000 matched 100%. You deposit 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. You deposit 500 bucks, they'll match you 500 bucks. And on top of that, you'll get a $20 MyBookie Casino chip to gamble with, play with in the MyBookie Casino. Fantastic games, uh, slots, card games, whatever, you name it. MyBookie Casino is where it's at. MyBookie.ag, promo code HIVE, you know the deal. Go get your first deposit instantly matched. You can bet on the Monday Night Football game. I know a lot of people bet on this game. And also, about an hour before kickoff, we will tweet out at 49ers Hive, our 49ers Hive props of the day, and they're for the 49ers game. So go and check them out. If you want to bet specifically on the 49ers game, go follow our Twitter account, at 49ers Hive, and we will give you three to four props that we feel really good about you making some money with. We can make money together mybookie.ag promo code hive like i said first deposit match 100% bet anything anywhere anytime mybookie um now we're going to move into our final question here that i have for you guys by the way I- oh that I was I cut new. you off there yeah that yeah, was yeah i new. just got that i just made that all right well that's nice i already have my prop for next week Oh, How many okay, times sweet. does Nick Bosa get held and it's not called? <laughs> Over under at four. Yeah, it's it's every single game. Every week. <laughs> How about uh, Josh Norman missed tackles due to trying forcing fumbles? That's yeah. a good one. He bounced off of, I forget who it was today. It might have been Tyler Lockett. just bounced right off of him like a bowling ball. It's like, dude, make the tackle. Um, final question for you, though, guys. Does this loss change how you either of you guys feel about the 49ers. If you would have told yourself 24 hours ago, the 49ers are going to lose this one by seven points, going to go down to the wire. Would you say that's acceptable? I understand that's how it works in Seattle. I think they can still do some damage in the NFL, in the NFC. Or would you now be like, you know what? That's exactly what I expected. This team is a complete pretender. Uh, Matt, you can go first and then Perry, you second. I mean, you know how I feel. I already said weeks ago that this team is not a real contender, that they'd have an outside shot at a wild card, and that was it. And that by kind of stringing everything along like this, you were actually hurting development for next year, and I I completely stand by that. I think Lance should be playing right now. I don't think it does them any favors to make a wild card and lose in the wild card round. That's great. You make the playoffs. I think that maybe makes Kyle feel like he's doing his job a little better and secures his spot, but you're not playing for the future right now. That, that's for sure. Um, I think that we know what Jimmy is, and Jimmy is imminently frustrating. You can see it on Kyle's face. You can see it in everybody's face. Everybody's just about done with him, but they feel like they have to run him out there. So this was not a surprise to me. I kind of expected them to lose going in today, by the way. Um, it's just, again, as I said before, they're consistently inconsistent, and this is just further proof of that. Harry, what do you think? Ripping off my Niners shirt. Looking at this from an unbiased approach, these Niners, if you told me that 24 hours ago, I would tell you right now they're pretenders because this game was absolutely must win. Absolutely. Now now you're separated by half a game with four other teams in the NFC. And this entire season has been a crapshoot. You look at the AFC, it's the exact same thing. There's like five teams separated by half a game. The NFC is the same thing. You needed to win this game. There is no excuse to lose this game against a terrible 3-8 Seahawks team. I don't care who Russell Wilson is. I don't care who DK Metcalf is. They have been playing terribly. And you knew that. I knew that. They knew that. 
Drake or not Drake Greenlaw, uh, Fred Warner and Debo Samuel side, you still have everything it takes to beat Seattle. Your defense was relatively healthy. Your offense was relatively healthy. You had everything it took to execute, and you didn't execute. Why? Because I don't think they were prepared. Kyle Shanahan, of course, is going to go on a press conference and say, yeah, we were prepared. What else is he going to say? He's not going to lie or tell the truth. They weren't prepared. That's how it came off to me. They were prepared for one half, maybe. But overall, they just didn't look – they didn't have that full energy. And it's like the moment an interception happens or a turnover happens, just just tanks. You see all the energy gets sucked out of them. And that's been the story of them all season. Inconsistent or consistently inconsistent. That's been their story. And I ripped yep. this shirt off as an unbiased fan. And I tell you right now, I think they're pretenders. I, I yeah, want to believe I, as a fan. I really do. Because you see the good things and it's like, man, they, they can do it. But they can't do it consistently. And you cannot win in the playoffs if you're not consistent. That is reality. Yeah. And the Niners, I, uh, they can't I, do it. I don't feel like... I don't know if they were unprepared. I feel like, to me, this was this was the trap game where it's like we won three in a row. We're back on track, and they started feeling themselves again. And w- anytime they come in and they're not acutely under the microscope, under pressure, and they start feeling themselves, they come out and make these sloppy mistakes. And that's uh, to me, that's I mean, that does reflect on the coaching, but it also reflects on I think this year more than any other, a lack of leadership in the locker room. You don't have the Joe Staley's. You don't have the Richard Sherman's. You don't have the guys who are like who get really upset about sloppy football. It's a lot of young guys on this team. No Buckner, no Quan. And we can crap on Quan all he wants, but he was loved in that locker room. He He was was a leader. Yeah, he was a leader. No Emmanuel Sanders. You just lost almost everyone. A lot of veteran presence out of the locker room for sure. And I mean, also Fat says perhaps the worst loss under Kyle Shanahan. No, I maintain the Super Bowl is the worst loss. That's always going to be his worst loss. Worst regular season, maybe? What do you think? No, we said that earlier, though. We said that earlier when they got blown out against uh, Arizona with no Kyler Murray. Okay. that's Yeah, that's right. Um, That's worse than this. It's maybe top five because nobody expected them to lose this game. Getting getting shot out in a straight-up duel with old Colt McCoy, that's way worse than this. Yep. Another 10-point lead that disappeared quick. That's tough um, than Cardinals yeah. Ace Pro. So thinking about this, and I'm going to wrap this up, I swear. The last three wins that we were feeling really good about, I think the only respectable win out of that is the Rams, who went the whole month without winning a game before they beat Jacksonville today. Then they beat Jacksonville 30-10. to 10. Don't get me wrong. It's never easy winning an NFL game. But let's be honest, it's Jacksonville. And then they beat the Vikings last week by eight, who just lost, lost to, to the, the Lions. winless Lions. So maybe this team was pretending this whole time and winning these kind of gimme games, and then they come in with a tough game, which is always tough against Seattle, and they fail to get it done. Maybe we were lying to – I mean, Matt, I know you were kind of saying for weeks you don't believe them still. You'll believe them when they do it against someone real. Maybe I've been lying to myself saying this team has it back on track. Again, when you take away the wins against the Rams, which it just seems like Kyle Shanahan bullies Sean McVay for his lunch money – when you take away that ramp, the Rams win. Who have they beaten? That's over 500. Yeah. They beat the Lions. They beat the Eagles, neither of which are good teams. They beat the Vikings, who are under 500. You know, they beat the Jaguars, who are atrocious. Who, who are you beating? You're beating nobody. Yeah. That's the problem. And you're now sitting here six and six. You lose against a three and eight, now four and eight Seattle team. Like, people really think this is a contending team. I don't know. They've lost. They've lost against every significant uh, playoff team this season. Exactly. The Cardinals yep. twice. Green Bay. The Colts. 
all all very ugly. They're absolutely yep. very ugly. And then yeah, a so loss you, to Seattle thrown in there. Yeah, Two you take away you take away the McVeigh the McVeigh Rams, which again I think Kyle's won like what six in a row against him. Yeah, like they just don't they just don't beat any good teams. And so okay. now we're looking at I mean what's good. I'm telling you, there's a reason why our old our old boy isn't in here today talking about how he's going to get a jersey from us for them making the playoffs. You yeah. can see it when they lose. It, it's very apparent. Yeah, and I'm just going to end on this. The lot, ton of people that were in my chat saying it's not Jimmy G's fault, they're not even on Twitter tonight. So I think yeah. that kind of says it for itself. But that's going to do it, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hit like, hit subscribe. Um, we're trying to reach 2,000 subscribers so we can give away a 49ers jersey. And we're getting pretty close. We're getting pretty close. So it could be you, uh, Ace Bra. I saw you DM'd me with what you wanted from the giveaway from a couple weeks back. We'll get that over to you soon. Um, also, we got a new shirt. I didn't even didn't even plug it here, but we got a new shirt over on our merch store, shop49ers.com. It's the George Kittle celebration. I don't know if I can do it on the camera. Putting it, the star on the tree. So go check that out, shop49ers.com. Code RGS15, 15% off your entire purchase, shop49ers.com. Uh, Matt, Perry, thank you guys for joining. Unfortunately, we're recovering a loss, but hopefully next yeah. week it's a win. Absolutely. Um, Perry, again, thanks for joining us here. Any parting words real quick before I give us the send-off? Nah, guys, thanks for having me on. I'm glad I could uh, air my gripes, and I'm glad we all kind of agree <laughs> that you know, yeah. we're all pretenders. You know? And uh, just Lance 2022. That's I'm exactly that Lance 2022 is my final. Yeah, the one thing we're not pretending about is we love having you guys here each and every week. So thank you, as always, for joining us even in these tough times. It's on to Cincinnati. So until next time, go Niners.